All right, boys, listen up. I got the orders from the big boss. He wants these trucks painted good and red. So while you're painting them, you're gonna get your brushes and you're gonna listen to the show on the big booby box. Now, it's a great show. It's run by some stinking old humies, but they're good in my book. We got there. Chaos Divided, with Brush and Noise Marine, and Nurgle Schnurgle. Now you listen up real good, or I'll crush your heads in. Now don't bother me now. I'm working on something. Welcome to Chaos Divided, your weekly dose of wholesome hammer. If you're a fan of what we do, we hope you'll subscribe and follow us along. And if you'd like to support us directly, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash chaos divided 40k. This week, we're writing the next chapter to the Grimdark Guide. So strap in and enjoy as we level up your Warhammer experience. And if you can't tell, I've got a little Nurgle inside of me. <laughs> I mean, there's always a little Nurgle inside of you in there, but I think it's, exactly. uh, it's infecting, it's contaminating. <laughs> he, came, he came to me on Valentine's Day. He came Day. to you, did he? He came to me on Valentine's Day and uh, showed me what his true love is. And this week's quote is... <laughs> All I see is so, There we thank you. Please. Thank you. Thank you for getting Thanks. there. <laughs> no plan survives contact with the enemy. Then you're not making the right plans. This is attributed to Rogel Dorn in retort to Lionel Johnson. We were just saying before we started, uh, I think Rogel Dorn just thinks everyone else is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's probably without being the emperor like probably the worst dad of them all he's I, you know what imperial fist fans you can come after me um <laughs> Rogel Dorn is very confident and not really like always successful in that confidence we'll say uh mm -hmm. he's a i mean you know what uh there's not many primarchs that have Primark body counts and Rogaldorn does have one, so you know, props to him there. Um, what do you mean? We killed Alpharius. Oh, I see. <clears throat> yeah, no. so he's a Primark who's killed another Primark, which not all of them have. Mm -hmm. um, but but, but <laughs> he just—he's kind of like I'm five steps ahead, and everyone's just kind of like, "No, you're not, Dorn. No, you're not." <laughs> oh, he's that annoying coworker, isn't he? He's yeah, he he's like he's like the guy that's like my work's all done and you're like, yeah, but that's just cuz everyone else did it for you. Like, <laughs> calm down. He's the one that's been in the the company for so long and constantly saying every Friday afternoon, this is my last week. This is my You're not going anywhere. Right? We know. <laughs> We, we we know you, Dorn. You're you're a company man to the very end. You're you're not you're not fooling anyone here. You're going to be here on Monday, and nobody. You're holding down the fort. Yeah. You know. I see what you did there. All right. So yeah. Tied it back to the lore. Um, and you know what? That kind of that kind of leads into our conversation because we're talking about leveling up your Warhammer. Part of that is like exploring more of what makes Warhammer Warhammer. 
Yeah, you want that promotion, don't you? You want you want to you want to get that level up to from you know junior Warhammerite to to intermediate Warhammerite. You gotta you gotta do some work. Oh. You gotta put in the hours. What's the final title, CEO? Uh, Warhammer. I think, I, I think you just you just ascend to James Hood at that point. James. You just, be- <laughs> you just become James Workshop. You become you become a uh, Jamesian prince. Like a demon prince, but for Games Workshop. Does it come with a fireplace and robe? That it's meant actually. It's required that you always have a fireplace and robe. I love this like make believe character. I, I just, you know what? I I hope he catches on. I like yeah. my dream actually is yes. to like be yeah. out. And somebody doesn't recognize me, but I hear them talking and be like, oh, James Workshop screwed me again. Like, I want to hear that without someone knowing that I'm here to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I want it to become so common that it's just like, oh, James, you're screwing me over again. Like, <laughs> you got to sit by your fireplace and just make up rules. Like, I, I would love that. That's my dream. Yeah, there needs to be like a Saturday Night Live show where it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, a skit upon skit of just like James Workshop. I wonder. Uh, you know what? Uh, if if we ever had any significant amount of money, we we should make those. We should just like hire yeah. the James Workshop actor to make. Yes. Oh, hit the hit James himself. We'd hire James to make James Workshop uh, parodies, but people parodies. are gonna be gonna be confused. Exactly. That's the. That's amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We hired James Workshop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we would be his boss. And he'll answer all of your emails on camera. He already does. <laughs> he doesn't do it on camera. Oh, I see. <laughs> Thank you, James Workshop, for being a little punching bag. <laughs> Somebody's gotta be. I, I like the idea of personifying Games Workshop into this like this guy. Yes. Yeah. You can just put Maybe all it your. Makes it funnier. Yes. Instead of being like, "Oh, Games Workshop," blah, 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 you're like, "No, James, stop fooling around. <laughs> Put your head in the game." <laughs> yeah, it makes it more personable, I guess. Right? It, it, yeah, you're not like you're not yelling at a faceless corporation. You're yelling at a very known character that we all know and love and also despise simultaneously. And love to hate. Like Oh yeah. And I'm sure he loves it as well. Yes. I, I But but you know in your heart of hearts you would want to go and have like a beer with James Workshop and just like learn all the learn all the secrets. Right, yeah. Yeah. You think he would spill? You're getting drunk enough. What do you think he drinks? Oh, probably just like pure ground up cash. Cash. Just, just, just <laughs> snorts cash at the table. Just like rip it up into tiny little fibers and then just snort that. Just pure money into his blood system. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were doing some math before recording. By math, I just looked up the uh, the investor uh, uh, revenue uh, report. Um, yeah, no, uh, James makes bank. We'll say. <laughs> yeah, and then burns it at the same time. 
No, it doesn't burn it. James Workshop is a, a healthy corporation, we'll say, that produces much value for shareholders. Um, but didn't we say that he has like a little side section of money that he just starts fires with? <laughs> Well, because he's got so much when you've got yeah. so much cash. And that's what I mean. Just like drink of choice, snorting cash. Because just like, just skip the step. Skip the step of buying something and just literally just deface currency because mm. you have so much of it. And just then just the pay thrill. the fine when you do. <laughs> is there a fine for defacing currency? I know Isn't in the there States like a, there is. Yeah, there's like a federal offense. I think in the States. I don't know if there is in Canada or like the UK. Was it? But wasn't there like a remember when people were making um was the five dollar bill into Spock? And then they had to like announce do not do this. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> I don't think it was illegal though. That's why they were kind of just no. like it was more of a like, <laughs> like, most like Canadian a way possible. They were just like, please stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. We would we would prefer if you stopped doing that. <laughs> it would be considered a kindness upon us if you would please not do that. Yeah. Don't Spotify our money. Thank you. Um, you know what? We I'm going to make a commitment. The first Grimdark Guide, we were just listening to it. Uh, it took us 30 minutes to get into the first topic. We're going to do not do that this time. We're going to jump yes. nine minutes in, right in. Um, <clears throat> so... The, the original Grimdark Guide was kind of about uh, what it feels like to get it started in Warhammer. And we kind of wanted to push mm -hmm. that into kind of like, you've built your first models, you maybe had your first couple of games, and then like, what what, what do you do next? Yes. So you've got so your you models next? in front of you. Do you, yes. do you pile on to the, the pile? Or you should probably- Do you make a second pile of a different oh. army? Right. Mm. Just there's many directions you can go into. It's true. The the ever you know what that could probably be an episode. Um, oh, the, the, no. But like to start a new army or to expand on it because you know actually you uh you though you are Nurgle Snurgle you have a very deep catalog of Nurgle miniatures you do have mm -hmm. you know a pretty broad range of demons. Mm -hmm. You've got a few armies. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, yeah you got, you got, got a some few. options. <laughs> there's some, there's some Tyranids there, and there's some, there's some Death Guard about, and mm -hmm. Jared's got some World Eaters and some all Night the World demons. Ones. Yeah, all the demons. Yeah. So you know, so I guess how did you go from like Nurgle to, you know, that next step? Ah, uh, I guess you have to kind of. What do you mean, the next step? Like once you got your like kind of your first two thousand points, did you keep adding on to Nurgle demons, or just yes. you went you went deep into Nurgle demons? Hundred percent, yeah. Or Jarrett would continuously buy models as little gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I uh, thinking about it, it's just like it just kept growing, and I didn't say no to it. So. Um, I think because back in the in the day we talked about this during um, the, the list building. Uh, this is the end of eighth, so armies were different back then, and mm. I knew 
what kind of armies I wanted to build and that was like having uh, three units of nine beasts. So that was like one of my my goals was to figure out how to like, how can I build beast instead of paying $50 per model? So that was something. Um, we used to be able to do 30 plague bearers per unit. So I was like, okay, I, I want three units. So I had 90 plague bearers. So it's definitely a lot more hoardy. So I guess at that point, I just wanted to have uh, a selection. So if I wanted to be like, oh, I want to play a plague bear list, or I wanted to play my beast list, I, uh, I started um, figuring out types of lists and kind of just built from there. That's fair. Uh, you know what? When I think of like how I, um, my tower were a little bit more ad hoc, and that was a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, but the Emperor's Children, when I kind of, you know, I bought like a big bundle of that to start off with. And then, yeah, it was really kind of like after each game or tournament, it would kind of mm -hmm. be like, okay, what did I feel was missing? Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely spent some time like building that. Like I, I, def I don't have a full CSM army. Like there's models I don't have and models I probably will never have. Um, and I'm okay with that. But yeah, it was kind of like after each event or kind of major yeah. list change it would kind of be like what was that missing and if i didn't already have it then i'm kind of like oh what's this time like the <clears throat> um war porch box that i bought that mm. was very much a, like okay i need some i need some shooting in my list um mm. and that was a way to just kind of wholesale add it in see i never went into building my list like oh i need the most powerful list i never do that i i, I don't consider it whatsoever um, even in the beginning, people tell me like, oh, you have to be, you have, you have to have like cohesion amongst your army. And I didn't quite understand what that meant. I only went with the rule of cool and what would be like funny and what would be like, kind of like, oh, I wanted to see these abilities together. That was it. Like, I never think like, oh, this is the most OP thing I could ever make. And let's, let's rock this tournament. Never. I just like, huh. 18 beasts that's funny let's do that <laughs> that's fair so i'm i'm strictly rule of cool i mean i have nine chaos bikers for that very same reason because i think they're <laughs> very cool um and i'm bringing all nine of them to the next tournament yeah nice. and if anyone ever calls me a meta chaser i will just point at my pile of chaos bikers and be like what do you mean Get yeah. Off my back. yeah um look how old these are Right? I like how old the rules for them suck, but I love them. I love them to the very core of my being. Um, they're they're dudes on motorcycles. They're just, they're cool. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a part of, like, adding on to that. Like, yeah, so <clears throat> when I say adding on, I mean, like, adding on because I felt like I didn't have a tool in my toolbox. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, I need to build, you know, I went on Goonhammer and they said that this is a model I need mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. in my list. It was more like, okay, when I was playing... I kept reaching for this, you know, in what I was talking about, the obliterators and the, the venom crawler. I was reaching for shooting and I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I bought some warp talents, it was, uh, I kept reaching because I was like, I need to go faster. For the mm -hmm. way I want to play this, I want to go faster. Mm -hmm. um, and what can I go that goes fast? Oh, you look yeah. at your stats, you're like, oh, this goes 14, let's go that one. <laughs> oh, I wish warp talents went 14. Um, but yeah, it's oh. the like, they only go 12 now. Nothing goes 14 anymore. Not even your bikes go 14? No, I know. I hate it. Oh. Rip. I know. They should go 14. <laughs> yes. Right? 
Maybe Empress Children and Chaos Bikers will go 14 inches. Yeah, That'd be nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was more about like, because there is like, there is the kind of the, the, the player in the back of my brain that's kind of like, okay, how do we solve the problems you're facing on the table? Um, but at the same time, it is also definitely like, like I don't think Accursed Cultists look good. And they've oh. been like, I don't like, I don't love them. Oh, so I've never I bought them. Highly disagree, but that's okay. I don't love them. You're I, allowed I find, to disagree. <laughs> I I do disagree. What is um, it? A, is it like the aesthetics of them, or yeah? I just like if I want human riffraff, I want like regular cult. I want folks that like are about to die for a cause that are just like they know their chaff. They're not wearing armor. They're not tough. They're just mm. like, they're just there. They're just there because the big angry Lucius was like, you stand there or I'll kill you. And they're just like, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Right away, sir. Like, that's what a cultist is in my mind. They're not big. They're not beefy. They don't have gifts from the dark gods. They're right, just like. Cultists, but these are. Yeah, they're just cursed. cultists. These are. Yeah. Cursed. Nah, I don't, I don't know. You can bring them back. They're kind of resilient. That's how. That's too nergly. Yeah. That's wow. like like because you, you're like I love them and you because they're they're very like nergle in their like concept and I'm True. like no. And like I'm I only like them because uh, I painted them and they're amazing to paint. Fair. I haven't painted them because I haven't bought any. Oh, oh okay. But that's, that's your first problem. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Should have just bought them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they just they, they didn't appeal to me. Like the like warp talons. I, you, I look at warp talons. And I'm like, that's a cool model. I want yes. to paint that. Yeah. Um, the venom crawler. I was like stoked to paint because I'm just like it's a stupid spider bot. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, the obliterators. I thought I was gonna hate painting and then really liked them. Mm. I don't like doing like the weird fleshy chaos mutation stuff. Um, but I really like the obliterators. Um, so they kind of surprised me. Yeah, because they're like nice little blocky, bulky. Mm. Um, you got the one arm out. Like they they look pretty easy to to paint. They're not they're not they're, they're not close together. They're not mm. squished. There's not like hard parts to paint. So that's what they. Do. Yeah, the, where the detail is is easy to access. They're very open. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they were like they were actually quite nice to paint. And they came out really well, I think, because they were they were a generous model to paint. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I ended up really enjoying that. So yeah, that's kind of what like follows my... The Rampager was pure. I wanted to paint a knight, though. I'm, I, I bought that purely because I... Mm -hmm. But what it kind of sounds like, though, is you do kind of buy and paint models when it kind of fits your army. And the aesthetic of your army. Whereas, like... Yeah. The, the models I painted, say, for my Plague Bears, I strictly went on, like, a story. Like, I created a story of who these Plague Bears are at, like, the ones that I especially um, converted. Or even, like, the, the, the earlier ones. I just, I thought of the story and I just painted and I went with that. If I play with them, I play with them. If I don't, then I didn't. Um, so, it, it's kind of funny how the, the two paths that you and I have taken you went like hmm. I need this in my army I go like I like this for the um, um, recruitment I guess options if I needed them 
That's fair. I uh, actually talking about a story though. We've I've talked about this on the podcast. Remember we talked about the idea of like the Grey Knight who uh, goes into Slanesh's mm. domain. Oh right, I have, I actually, Yeah. I've been writing that story, and I actually I had the idea to I'm going to convert a like Grey Knight's brother captain into a Chaos Lord to represent him on the table. Nice. That he's yeah. still like, I'm serving the Emperor and the Emperor loves me. <laughs> we'll have to see how the story ends, but oh. I'm only I'm only I think I'm four or five chapters into writing it. Would you, are you gonna share it? Maybe. If people want to see it, maybe I'll put it on the Patreon. Exactly, yeah. Have, yeah. Maybe we could do like a um uh, like an audiobook. <laughs> Ooh, I'll read it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Jared to read it. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Or yeah. the one and only Nurgle Snurgle. Even when I'm sick? Maybe not when you're sick. <laughs> it would free to rest up a bit. That would be really fun. It could be. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll try and work on that today. But I have I, a question. Ooh, people want to see it? Yeah. I'll, ask. I'll put it out there. I'll put it out there in the world, see if people are interested. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, that was actually, that was probably the first idea for a model I'd had mm. that had a story that I like wanted. Okay. So at some point, you're, I'm going to buy that model. You're quite a few models deep in without any story connected to them. Yeah. It's true. I think I think you're gonna unlock something once you do it, and you're gonna think of stories for each model. I think you know what I think it's honestly been trying to find that style and hobbying with more intention. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of connected those two dots because, like in my mind, like there's the lore, and then like there's the game, and, the, and <clears throat> I'm finding the longer we do this podcast, the more they all blur together. Yes. It's like, as we talk about this more and more, I'm forming more connections in my brain as to, like, how these things interact and, like, interrelate. Um, yeah, like, we talk we talk about, like, the four pillars, but then you start to realize it's actually a combined pillar. It's true. Well, it's, yeah, and they're, they're not that far apart from each other. They're exactly. all kind of, like, um, they're all interconnected in different ways, and... Um, I, you know what? I think as far as the story, actually, I think the Rampager, uh, the I, the whole base I have laid out for that has a whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did Shalaxi, I think that was probably the first one that I was kind of like had more thought as to like, how is this model actually existing within my army? And like how to like what having more of a story as to like, where is it coming from? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where is it? Been? But it, yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's it's been percolating in there. Um, but yeah, for the first like. 3,000 points of CSM I painted. It was just like, oh, I like purple. And then it went to like, oh, I like every color. And now it's, <laughs> now it's like, hmm, let's think a little bit more about this. Yeah. you. Well, actually, you tech, I know you, you, you've mentioned them as kind of like the easy way out, but you doing your graffiti on the, on the rhino is kind of like the start of a story. Yeah. Cause that is like the action, and like there's there's something else besides just paint on a model. You you it's gave true. a reason why it looks like graffiti. True. Yeah, I th- and you know what I think is as far as like advice out there is like it's okay to not have it figured out in the beginning. It's okay to mm-hmm. find the story. It's okay to find like what 
makes sense for you. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to make this army. It has to have this whole narrative. Like, you can just start painting and then be like, hmm, actually, maybe this is why that's that way. Or like, you know what? I really like it when it looks this way. Maybe this is why. And yeah. you just build it piece by piece. Yeah. And on on the same foot, like, it, you don't have to have the most powerful list whatsoever out there. You can just... Mm. stick with the rule of cool and and it's it, it can be fun when you're at the table and people are like wow why does it look like that and you have like a connection and a story to share honestly I find it so much more fun to play when you're not trying to like absolutely demolish your opponent yeah if you don't have like the most like cutting list on the block, your games are so much better because mm -hmm. your opponent actually gets to play along with you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. you definitely increase the likelihood of you losing, um, <laughs> but losing is part of the game, and as long as you're okay with that, which you should be, um, you'll have more fun. Yeah, hands down. Like rule of cool. Bring the chaos bikers. Bring as many beasts of Nurgle as you want. Mm -hmm. bring bring it all bring bring the thing that you're like oh it's not the best rules but it's a lot of fun to play bring it or even if like hey i want to bring it. i don't know how it's gonna interact how, how are you gonna know if you don't play it right put it on the table yeah put it on the table and see how it goes and if it doesn't work you know oh, was, i tried <laughs> well and even the kind of the next level to that is like oh it didn't work what do I do to make it work? Is like yeah. that, that's when you start getting into like advanced strategies and like understanding the game better. Is like mm -hmm. if you take the terrible idea and make it work anyways, because you understand what it needs to support. Like when I talked about like having the tools in your toolbox, if you're like, I want to bring, I don't know, what's a, what's a model that's what's one of your favorite models that like the rules aren't the best at? Epidemus. Epidemus. What does Epidemus do? He used to take a uh, make a tally, so every time he killed like a unit, he would add mm. to his tally, um, and uh, he would just buff up the entire army. And now it's just like when you kill seven models, you get a tally, and if you kill seven, yeah, if you kill seven models, you get a CP. It's bleh. Yeah. Well, That's like right. no, it's not. If I'm fighting, That's right. For no, when, if I'm fighting like knights, that sucks. <laughs> He's just it was he's just good. A away. <laughs> this is, you could how many points is he? He's like he came down. I think he's eighty now. He was okay. like hovering at the like 100, 105 for a little bit. Yeah, that's bit. too much for him. Yeah, I think I think you could still make him work. You just yeah, you have to play differently. You have to but he he does like you can add him to. Um, uh, plague bears and he gives them a four up and vulnerable see that's huge yes that's useful so i might take him to the next gt i don't know honestly that's a good just like middle of the table holding unit because mm -hmm. plague bears are or actually um even because you're shadow of chaos actually that's a great unit to just like throw on the opposite end of the board from your opponent yeah. where they don't have easy access to it and then just like it's hard to shoot off the table mm -hmm. so you can lock down shadow chaos see there's always a way there's always a way to make it useful i know and i'm really excited for next week yes I'm, are you doing the triple great unclean ones of course i am oh i'm so excited are, are you doing quadruple are you bringing rodigus too 
No, I'm just gonna go uh, three and Bellacore and then Plague Bears and Beasts. And it's gonna be so good. Does he also give. Is it just Plague Bears that get the six of Feel No Pain or is it all Nurgle Demon? No, I just believe. Oh, you know what? I Does he give it to, like, the Beast of Nurgle and the, like. Hmm. I. I oh, you know what? Oh, I'm gonna look at the cards now. <laughs> <laughs> the cards are just right there. Look at that. That's convenience right there. <laughs> Let's cut the cut off. Hasn't happened yet. We could we could make adjustments. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't really built my list yet. But but no, I think that's a good point. Is like you can go from start like if you're gonna play a game and you're building your list, start with a fun premise and then figure out how that works rather than just trying to be like, how can I stomp face. Um, <laughs> is it is it Nurgle Demons? It's Nurgle Demons. Uh, that's what I thought it was. Oh, it's six yeah. inches. You told someone said. Oh, it's the minus one. No, what's the minus one toughness range? It's twelve. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're golden, and that's that. We're golden as we as we learn. So. All right, because so, the beast of Nurgle can be squads of three. Yes. So three beasts of Nurgle with feel no pains on them is very hard to shift. Yeah. <laughs> That's, gonna be... <laughs> That's gonna be a little nonsensical. Are they tough nine? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be brutal. For a lot of armies, a bunch of those, tough nine is like, cause you're like, yeah, that'll be funny. Can you imagine if this shifts to like top tier? <laughs> You're gonna bring it home. <laughs> Actually, you know, be awesome if you and I fought for top table. I know how golden would that be? That would be pretty and pretty cool. Chaos Slanesh divided versus, versus chaos divided. Doom, doom, doom. You know, it'd be even better if all the elder were bottom tables. Why are we telling our sweet dreams right now? <laughs> I don't know. This is this is a tangent for tangents. Can you imagine? Um, Sorry. Yes. Back to the grim dark guy. <laughs> this is just this is just a podcast. We just this is just you and I talking. This is you yeah. and I telling stories. Um, if you want to pick up any lessons throughout, you can try to find them. There's there's wisdom within this podcast. I just don't know where it is. Uh, you know, I want to ask you this: mm-hmm. How do you set goals for your hobby? Like I. You are well, what I, think I would I, describe as a very capable hobbyist. So, how did you get there? Well, I think like how I just said, like I just want have like a if I have an idea and I think it's slightly funny or cute or cool, uh, that's how I um, just go after it. I just it's it's so funny to like kind of think back of like how you were in the beginning of a hobbyist and the like how young and fresh I I I, I was <laughs> and then you kind of grow the seed every and over and over but it was just strictly is this cool and that was it and it was never for like cool enough for like likes or anything I just like say for the plague bears because we had a lot of bits in the house i just had this vision of like these plague bears need a personality what can i do with that like there's all these helmets and arms i didn't want to have like your standard 
plague bears that we've all seen. I wanted to like play or mess around a little bit. So I just started to put bits on and then I kind of created the story as I went and it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, these plague bears, like Jared told me that plague bears were once men. So why not give them that character? And they've always held on to a character of themselves and from mm. these these plague bears. So, um, uh, as for goals, I'm not a, a goal setter, even in, in my life. It's just, I love just going with the flow and, and finding that journey along the way. Um, and wherever that takes me, I, I just go with it. That's fair. You know what? It's interesting. I've been finding myself actually setting more like hobby goals lately. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I would have said that that's how I did it before, and I've actually been now trying more of like actually holding myself to more of an idea than mm-hmm. I would. Um. So yeah, it was, I guess the thing that I'm kind of dealing with now, though, is yeah, I'm trying to the the Chaos Warriors I'm painting right now. I'm trying a bunch of different new things on them, and what I'm trying to not let it do is like they're not all turning out the way I want them to, mm. um, but not letting that get me down, and just kind of yeah. like then going with the flow as far as like learn from each one mm-hmm. um and i think that's you know setting goals is good if that's what's going to help you but like don't let them hinder you i think it's just kind of i guess like what would for hobbying what would be the reason of setting a goal if you want to learn like a new skill or try and accomplish like a new technique or you're trying to like push yourself a bit as far as like if you want um, maybe a, a higher degree of realism than you're used to, or you want it, um, even like when we had JT on talking about like fidelity, you want to make sure mm. that your models are maybe more easily seen. Yeah, just like if you want to make sure like your models are more easily seen from the tabletop or something. Like if you're just trying to like explore maybe something that you aren't mm. able to do now. So it's not necessarily as like, oh, I want to paint 15 models in this month more like how do I maybe do something that I don't know how to do right now hmm I guess like I just I don't set it up as a goal or like an idea just this is something I try and that's Mm. literally just what hobbing is just try it you don't know and I think that I think that is a good attitude because if you go in too hard on it exactly and it doesn't turn out then exactly. it's like crushing and then you have like the expectations and then the reality yeah. and then you're like this looks nothing like what I expected and that's where heartbreak can come from and it, once you start breaking down the expectations then the reality will just be more enjoyable yeah. so I would say like if you do if you are someone who likes to set goals set soft goals yeah. <laughs> that goals that you aren't emotionally tied to accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Which you'll find out what kind of uh, goal setter you are when you are playing or painting because mm. you kind of figure out what kind of personality you are um, with this game. You're like, okay, I, I seem to like winning. Why do I like winning so much? And then you just you discover that further on or even with painting you'll figure out like okay in order to get me motivated I need a clean surface area and knowing you start to figure out 
what gets you going and what makes mm. you happy. And that's just that's part of the discovery of it all. And um, really, like, take that time to discover yourself as a person because we're not all the same. Like, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm sure if you try painting like me and I painted like you, it just it just wouldn't fit because we're not the right fit for um, each other's puzzles. That's yeah. I can't even imagine how I would try and paint like you. It would just be bad. <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I don't even know how it start. So I just yeah. Um, there's a really good video out there. Like I said, when I made the the cape for the Lionel Johnson, and I'm really sick, and I'm just like, I'm sitting there for at least 20 minutes struggling. Like, how the hell am I gonna do this? What does he do? Am I gonna? Oh, <laughs> what, what am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> and then I just go okay I'll try it now and then like I just got into it and at the end I was like oh my goodness that was too bad so that's how you you know what other than the panic <laughs> the end part seems more like how I paid but yeah the, the sheer terror at the beginning not yeah it's not, not as familiar with that it's all terror it's like I have Conrad Kurz behind me paint good <laughs> okay <laughs> Tarek hers painting bad is a crime <laughs> don't make me find you guilty and you're like ah! <laughs> I do have to say our last conversation with Jeremy from the Grim Dark uh, podcast um, mm. or the history podcast that uh, I had a little bit of a um, a different take on Conrad Kurz when he mentioned him and I was like you know what there's something there like he's not he's he's more understandable of why he does what he does i i've kind of talked about this as far as like fulgrim um but conrad curves makes sense yes like he he like really he like one of the reasons why fulgrim goes traitor is that he realizes the humanity he's been denied mm-hmm Conrad Kurz is literally denied like sanity. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine being like a child, mm-hmm. like a child, mm-hmm. and all you can see and dream about is your father murdering you? Yeah. Was oh, that when he was he saw was his father murdering him? Well, he knew that his father was the one who sent this assassin. I he guess he knows so, yeah, okay. the emperor, so he knows his father, who he doesn't yet know, will be responsible for his death. Yeah. Like, and the torture that must bring just pure environment or not environmental well his environment was also pretty violent yeah uh, but that's emotional violence yes just pure unadulterated and like he also can see the future beyond just his own death like he can also see what other people will do mm-hmm. so he sees and it's often tainted he sees i think the worst in people right like he sees the worst outcomes for people but he like he touches someone and he sees the crimes they can commit and the murder and the violence that they'll enact on others whether or not it would have happened that's what he sees so all he lives in is this world of like hate and violence and mistrust and darkness and it's already a very dark messed up planet that he grows up on and then if that's the ability of the Emperor, then the Emperor knew that of Horus. Uh, you know what? Actually, after that episode, I've, I've thought again about the, the whole um, 
there's actually uh, I read about it as a um, a it's a Star Wars theory mm. that uh, what the Emperor and Darth Vader were trying to do was militarize the the galaxy against an existential threat mm-hmm. um, that had hadn't been revealed yet. Mm-hmm. And when you think of like the Necrons reawakening, what are the odds that happens within a ten thousand year time span of the Emperor? Tyranid fleets showing up. What are the odds that happens within a ten thousand year time frame of the Emperor? Um, to, like the the Great Crusade. Like those are in a galactic scale very unlikely. Okay. What are the odds of like the Tau ascending to technological supremacy over like a six thousand year period at the same time? What are the odds of like the squad, the the Votan, like? doing what they're doing over there. Again, you have a lot of factions doing a lot of different things, all kind of in a very short, on a on a galactic time frame scale. Mm-hmm. Compared to the like, prior 30,000 years, yeah. Yeah, like even just like um, the birth of Slanesh leading to like Chaos's ascendancy and you know, the, the whole everything that happens, like just all of it. And then you, you even think of like um, the Indominus Crusade and Primaris Marines coming into being 10,000 years later. Like, there's a lot of stuff converging on one time frame. Mm-hmm. So if the Emperor knew, okay, if I win the Great Crusade, I maybe tame the Eldar, but I don't get rid of them. Mm. I maybe keep the Orcs under control, but not all of them. And I can maybe kind of institute some degree of like galactic peace, but peace makes a society rich and thriving and, you know, harmonious. But when you're dealing with things like the Tyranids or the Necrons, like you're just kind of screwed because they don't stop. You have like an unstoppable enemy. I think there might be a part of them that was like, he wanted everything to happen the way that it happened. Mm, Yeah. Because you want, like, if the Imperium is, like, sharpening its sword against chaos for 10,000 years, like, the Imperium of the 41st millennium is one that is completely militarized and, like, bonkers dangerous. Mm -hmm. And if that's what the Emperor thought humanity needed to be to survive, because that's all he cares about. That's his, like, prime motivation, is the survival of humanity. Well, maybe he saw the full consumption of humanity from the Tyranids. Therefore, he needed to build this force against it just to keep it going. Yeah. Whether that's yeah, but that's a that's a tangent for another day, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But I, I've definitely been thinking about that more. And the like, the the Emperor wanting the heresy to happen mm-hmm. seems somewhat likely mm-hmm. in my mind. <laughs> Anyway, you know what? So talking about the lore, <laughs> level up your lore game. Listen to that episode. Listen to this episode. We're talking about lore right now. Um, I think the big thing with lore, uh, it was something we just did, hmm. the theorizing. And I think that's how you go from like consuming the lore to living the lore and having fun with it is talking about it with other people. Mm-hmm. And not taking it so seriously either. Because it, it's not serious. It's meant to have fun with. Yeah. Um, but I've even seen over the last year of us doing this and you're learning more. Like, I can see you engaging more and kind of asking questions and theorizing a bit and, like, mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you don't have to have a huge basis for the lore to start being like, well, why is that the way that is? Mm -hmm. Is that real or is that fake? Is it propaganda? Is it like, are we supposed to think that about it? Or is it actually the opposite? Like, who is Vashtor? What is going on? Abaddon doesn't suck anymore. What's even happening? <laughs> he meant to fail? What? <laughs> The, the, it was he was he was successfully failing the whole time, not failure, failure, failing to fail. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he was failing to fail the whole time, not succeeding at failing. I don't know. Yeah, does that make the words work? I, there definitely comes a point when you're consuming where you're just like, okay, I need to stop the notion that I'm going to know it all, like. Mm. when people get into lore or they get into um, any type of universe I know that there's this innate want to know everything so that you can have an answer to but once you start accepting that with Warhammer you're like you know what I'm okay to not know everything because that's just a that's a huge filing cabinet I cannot contain and that's where the fun can really start well and I think that's one of the benefits of Warhammer is it's too big to know everything. Yes. Um, but even our, our Valentine's Day episode, we've already gotten some feedback that we definitely missed some romances. Um, <laughs> so we do have a, a Valentine's next year episode. A few barrel scrapings <laughs> that we didn't explore. Um, but I think again, that's part of the community. Like people have brought that to our attention. Yeah. They're like, Hey, what about this? What about this? Um, like Inquisitor, uh, Grayfax and St. Celestine apparently have a little bit of a like, will they, won't they romance? And I'm kind of like, I want to know. Yeah, they have a similar to like uh, Gulliman and Yvrain. They have like a very like, you know. This look uh, and then they're like, oh, there's something there. Exactly, yeah. But apparently there's so I like, I want to go back and find uh, that book that it's mentioned in. Um, so like they kind of have a thing going on. Um mm -hmm. And there's apparently uh, in one of the Night Lords books, somebody told us there's like a full on romance yeah. section, which again, Night you Lords would not book. expect in Night Lords, but <laughs> Night Lords contain multitudes. Um, but I, I honestly, I think that's a strength is like other people know a little bit. Yes. And I said before Warhammer was so like online, um, most of all you got lore was just talking to other people and it's like oh you read that book what happens in that book like mm -hmm. I've read this book here's what happens there those things contradict each other what's even going on and like kind of like having fun with that um, so I think Warhammer's meant to be an imperfect lore mm -hmm. you're not supposed to know it all and everything you know isn't even necessarily right anyways so like have fun with it exactly and I think it's just coming to that realization, um, like I said, when you were consuming, is you do get to that point. You're like, okay, now I can proceed on to having fun. Absolutely. And I think the big takeaway in all of this is get out there, connect with people, find your community, whether it's online, going to some local events, finding your game store that like is local to you, or even if it's not even super local is at least nearby enough that it's not too difficult to get there and just meet some people, meet some people and have some fun. Or find a podcast that you really enjoy listening to and join well, their I'm gonna try not. <laughs> <laughs> so self- What? Self-aggrandizingly maybe hinted that. Um, but you know what? We, That's we, an option. I, I, like, we got, we got we're not the only podcast. You know, 
ours is pretty good. We got a pretty good Discord. Yeah. Once uh, Nurgle Snurgle's been a little too busy, been noticing the uh, the old uh, hobby picks have been slow lately, so we'll, we'll forgive her. Ah. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> doing doing big and big and bold things, so. But that's also partly where having community can also help. Having folks that you can chat is you can kind of get your Warhammer fix when you don't have enough time to like, mm -hmm. you know, if I don't have time to paint in a day, but then I see someone post something on the Discord or I go on Instagram and I see somebody post something, it's kind of a like, oh, that's beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. I get to kind of like have a moment of little Warhammer joy. So exactly. Well, the, the one thing I know is like, it the community is going to always be there. And it's not gonna be like, oh, you haven't been in the community for a month. Ah, shun you. It's like, no, no, no. Like, oh, welcome back, welcome home. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And there's always so many people that are just excited to see what other people are doing. Exactly. So, you know, share share what you're doing with other folks, whether that's like posting it or putting it in a Discord or just like sending pictures to your friends, whatever. Like, you know. One of my, one of my, what's become a favorite thing for me is like putting something in the Discord of like, oh, this is what I'm working on, and just kind of like getting to see what other people are working on, and mm -hmm. just like sharing that creative process with people, and being able to even get feedback if you're like, I don't know how to do the thing I'm trying to do here, and somebody will be like, Have you tried this? You're like, I didn't even think that was an option. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell me more. And like you said, like taking that first step can be kind of scary a little bit at first but once you put it out there it's it's not scary whatsoever like uh for example there's um, a really fantastic artist actually in nova scotia he does oil painting on miniatures and he's phenomenal um is it eternal medium oh oh i can't remember uh i think it's, a, it's something like uh, ethereal or turtle medium sorry if i'm getting it wrong but he paints strictly with oil paints and they are just mind-blowing what you can do with oil painting it is completely like a different medium but the results are mm -hmm. fantastic and i just i've i've admired his work for since the, the beginning since i first laid eyes on it and um i just shot him a message i was like hey do you do any like like teachings or like tutorials or anything like that um this is something I, I i'd like to do and and i know that you're in this area and he humbly like uh responded back saying he doesn't do like tutorials because he's i can tell like he's probably just like me where it's i don't know exactly the process that i'm doing i'm just doing it mm. and teaching is so different but he also opened up, I was like, but I'd love to like just hobby chat and, and um, you can kind of take away, like I, I could take away anything he's, he's sharing. Like I don't need like masterclass lessons, but I love that I took that opportunity to just reach out to him and then for him to reach back and, and that can uh, go same for who's ever listening. Like if you have a question, just, just ask it. Like there's no... Mm. wrong in asking like i think we do have this fear of like the rejection type of mindset but there is there's there's nothing like that in the hobby so once you like extend that first like a little olive branch like hey can you help me you will easily find 
people to respond and say like, well, maybe I'm not the best, but I would love to help. Like everybody just wants to help. And that's the beautiful uh, it, thing. Yeah. I think we're all in this to see people do cool things with miniatures. Exactly. We're not here to, to make the perfect miniatures. We're here just to make cool things. And I think you're starting to like, granted, I haven't really been so much on Instagram in the last little while, but the, the one growing thing I've seen is seeing people's creativeness. And it doesn't have to be the best painted. It's just like, what mm. kind of little universe are you creating with your miniatures? That's really like grabbing the attention of people because that's what people want. They don't want the perfected glazed or the perfected. It is really cool to see, but they're more gravitating to like the, the ground affected guy to see these models be robotically moved or flamethrowers yep. coming out or LEDs or just like cool stuff. There's room for everyone's cool stuff. Exactly. So. And the fact that you're trying or you're putting yourself out there is cool enough. Absolutely. You know, there's no wrong way to reach out to someone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, sorry, there is a wrong way. By don't not. be mean or gross. Or oh, mean, yeah. But, <laughs> um, <clears throat> don't be like, yeah, don't be mean. Um, but if you're if you're reaching out with like a sincere intention to like connect with someone and share something mm-hmm. cool with them, people aren't going to react poorly to that. Mm-mm. Any other last thoughts? Hmm last thoughts I just spilled a lot of thoughts but uh, <laughs> just continuously enjoy this journey it, there's no beginning middle or destination it is wherever you feel the most comfortable and just enjoy that especially in the moment mm. 100% for yourself any last I'm just gonna say I like to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. I think Is when it- I came back to Warhammer, I was so nervous about figuring it all out. Mm. I it took me a while to start kind of just enjoying what Warhammer is because I was like, oh, how do I get some games in? How do- I don't know anyone, and I, I that was it was kind of it was almost like this like stressful like I don't understand how this world works. Um, so yeah, I would encourage just let it happen. Like reach out to people. Don't stress about it. Have fun. This is meant to be fun. We're all supposed to be having fun here. Mm-hmm. Are so you having fun. fun? I'm having fun. Are you having fun? <laughs> I'm having a blast. Oh, <laughs> even more fun. I got out, I got out fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note. I want to thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to Chaos Divided wherever you're listening from. And you can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Chaos Divided 40K, which is also where the podcast is on now. So you can listen to it on YouTube if that's your preferred medium. Uh, And if you're a fan of what we're doing and want to join our growing Wholesome Hammer community, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Chaos Divided 40K, which both supports the show and gets you access to our pretty cool Discord. Uh It's pretty pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I, I think everyone in there is pretty cool. So. Uh, and if you'd like to connect with us directly, we're at Nurgle underscore Snurgle and at Blushing Noise Marine on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, bye bye. Ciao for now. Play jazz music. <laughs>